0: If I gave a fuck what y'all think, y'all think I would be doing this? to the fmfu podcast the podcast is from me for us vulgar but true real and never fake i'm your host ayo reese and i've got a lot of shit on my mind today so let's get into it happy friday people and welcome to another episode of well i don't have to tell you where you are because you came here so you already know what it is you already know what it is that was my young jeezy voice if you didn't know Before we get into the Midwest swing of things, I wanted to give a highlight to something I read the other day and figured I would share it with you all. Let's talk about Michael. Michael is a 17-year-old high school senior at Lamar High School in Houston, Texas. Michael has a big problem on his hands and probably one that not too many people will ever have to deal with in their entire lifetime. Michael, being a senior that is about to graduate this year, has to decide on which college he wants to attend this fall. Some of y'all are probably thinking, so what you trying to say, my nigga? We, we ain't smart enough to go to college, or or we ain't never have to decide on what college to go to? I went to college, you punk-ass nigga. <laughs> nah, fool, hear me out. Michael has an inevitable challenge of deciding which college to attend this fall because Michael was accepted by 20 of the top schools that he applied to in the country on full ride scholarships the list of these schools are actually incredible too a couple of the schools include stanford harvard princeton university of pennsylvania northwestern georgetown and even the university of Michigan. (coughs) i mean the university of michigan According to what I read online, he hasn't picked a school yet, but they're saying it is estimated he will bring at least $260,000 in scholarships from different sources outside the college application process. Michael's credentials were also listed on this article as well. Michael has a 4.68 GPA on a five point scale, an ACT score of 34 out of a possible 36, and an SAT score of 1540 out of 1600 he also participates in the school debate team key club and other internships as perfect as this story is because this is an amazing feat and a hell of an accomplishment as a high school senior i think the final sweetness to everything is that michael brown is one of our black brethren my 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 isn't that great as much as they try to hold us back and as much as we get painted in this negative light of being labeled as thugs or crooks this young brother is getting his shine on in one of the most po- wonderful ways possible and i know his mother and his relatives are truly proud i had to keep the brown lamp uh brown last name off there though before i put it out he was black because i mean let's be real if i said michael brown Bl- michael brown how many of y'all would have guessed his color? I mean, how many people of other color do you know with the last name Brown? I knew a white girl in elementary school named Shelley Brown. I should have asked her if her people was my slave masters or something, but, but anyways, Michael Brown has also stated that he plans to major in political science, eventually becoming a lawyer, and he wants to do his best to help students of color because he knows he's not the only one that's out here achieving that's a student of color. So to shine light, give over to the black excellence, making it about us as it always should be. And having the mental capacity to know that change needs to occur. And we can only do that by helping ourselves, then helping each other. Salute to the young brother, Michael Brown, leading the way for the real nude school and beyond. <laughs> Talking about the Michael Brown story trips me out because, man, it just feels like yesterday when I was 18, looking at the colleges and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my own damn life. I think there's not too many things I complain about with myself. But one thing I wish I could have changed about myself is that I wish I had like a passion for something like something that like, you know, could be like maybe a dream job. You know, like like I've never had like a dream job growing up or, you know, when I was around that age, I never said, oh, I want to, you know, do this when I get older. Nah, when I was, you know, 18 or even younger than that. One thing I always just said was just I just want to be a boss and make money. I guess it sounds like some shit you'd hear off a fucking Rick Ross soundtrack, but it's true. I I always said that. I I never really had a a, a dream job, and I wish I kind of did, but you know it is what it is. You take it for how it go. But anyways, at the time, you know when it was time for me to to look up for colleges and and you know do some college research, you know, at the, at the time before I even started the college research, you know, one thing I did know, even though I didn't have a dream job, I, I did feel like I wanted to attend an HBCU college. That was something I think that I did want to do. And I think the reason for that is because I thought to myself, you know, man, in all black school where everybody's smart, you know, that should be dope as fuck. Like, but, but in reality, I, it sounded good, but I just, I wasn't sure where I wanted to go like like I said I never had a dream job or a passion and I never had a dream school either so not not too many people around me at the time were planning to go away to college and the ones that did plan on going away somewhere they were only really going to like you know Kent State Akron Cleveland State you know some shit like that you know and real shit I did not want to go to college and see the same local motherfuckers I knew from high school that shit would be like some high school 2.0 type shit and who wants to deal with that that's no fun so december can't remember the day but it was december 2006 i received a letter in the mail that in a way you can say it changed my life it was a letter that came in the mail saying that i was accepted to hampton university my new home by the sea but what's crazy about it is You want to know the only reason I end up going to Hampton in the first place? As funny as this may sound, it actually all started with MySpace. (gasps) Man, I can't remember whose page I was on, but I remember someone was writing on somebody's page or wall, and uh, I think they were just like, you know, hey, have fun at Hampton. Uh, I heard it was a party school. So, you know, for some reason, I don't know why that stuck out to me, so... I already knew it was an HBCU, so I thought, you know, party school and an all-black school where it would be warmer weather in Virginia than the cold weather we get up here in Ohio. It sounds interesting enough to me. Sign me the fuck up. So I put in my application and got accepted, and then I got lazy because I got in so early. I didn't graduate till June of 07, so I had six months to pretty much do whatever, so because I got in so early and I didn't apply to any other schools after being lazy, I mean, well, the rest is history. So I guess it was two things on how I ended up getting there: technology and laziness. <laughs> but nah, I never tell my kids that, cause uh, yeah, that'd be fucked up. Now nah, you can you can do whatever you want when you grow up. Just you know, depend on technology and be lazy as fuck. But <laughs> all jokes aside, it still baffles me, and it just like I said, a lot of these thoughts just came up. When I was reading this article, um, it's just wild to me how, you know, he has that such a big decision to make and, and it's great that he doesn't have to worry about what happens after the fact, as long as he continues, you know, getting good grades at his higher education. But, you know, I know that's a big decision and it's just wild to me how that one decision for myself to go to Hampton based on what I saw, you know, it's, it's crazy how it's led me to the things that it led me to in life. And I think we need to not take this for granted. And people need to realize that man. sometimes one small decision can change everything forever. You know, small decisions like, you know, something along the lines of blasting that chick you like raw diggity dog and then, you know, bringing a new kid into this world. It's always the main thing that's talked about when parents tell their kids to wrap it up or to protect yourself because your parents know the truth, but just don't want to admit it. So I'm going to admit it for them. Children, as cute as they are, and as much joy they bring to our lives, are as much of a burden to your life, just as much as their joy. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. Now, before you go firing and siring the alarm or whatever you want to call it, let's just sit here and... Let's take a minute to take a breath, ladies, and let's define what the true definition of of what's a burden. What what does it really mean? So I Googled it. So according to Google, a burden is simply defined as a load, especially a heavy one. So basically what you saying, my niggas, you calling my kid a heavy ass load. Yes, the fuck I am. But let's examine why that's the case. Most parents or grandparents or guardians or whoever wouldn't dare say something of that sort, that their kid is a burden or that their child is a burden. They'd probably come back back with some shit like children are not a burden. Children are a gift. Well, I mean, that's true. Children are gifts and and they are little blessings. And, you know, this is most likely The response, because the word burden automatically puts in someone's head that you are trying to downplay or disown your own child so you would not dare to say that my child is a burden. Saying something like that initially paints a picture that you are, you know, unhappy with your life as a parent, especially if you never had this to complain about before you had children. So if we base it on what the actual definition is, it's actually a factual thing. Everything that you want to do or anything you want to plan will be to a point that you have to make sure it's okay for your kids. It's like if the kids are the boss or some shit. If you want to go out of town but don't have anyone to watch your kid and you can't go, burden. If you want to go out of town and you find a babysitter or your kid stays with relatives, it changes their life and slows them down for the short time period you're going. Burden. Daycare expenses. Daycare expenses cost as high. Or even higher than a motherfucker than most people's rent or mortgages or whatever. So you're already paying rent or a mortgage wherever you live. So now you have to come up with the fucking, basically a second mortgage every month. Burden. If you have multiple kids, you might have to buy a certain type of car to haul everybody. Burden. No more Honda or Benz Coupes for you, my man. And you don't want to shove all three kids in the back when you got to. I can only imagine like having like two or three kids and you riding in a little Benz coupe and, and you got to keep pulling, you know, the fucking seat up and and getting the car seat like that shit just seemed like it would be a hassle. Like, I don't think I put myself in that situation ever. But I think I just brought all this up because, you know, to I just wanted to make the point that sometimes as a parent you get a little you know overworked or you feel like you got the weight on your weight of the shoulders weight of the world on your shoulders and sometimes you just like man this shit sucks (laughs) but you probably feel like that anyway even if you didn't have kids because it'd probably be something else that would come up and something else that would stress your life out so as far to say that you know yeah, children are a burden I think it's okay to think that your kids are a burden And it's okay to think that without feeling bad, because in the whole truth of things, based on the definition of what a burden is, they are. But that's not to be taken out of context that just because that they might be a burden or however you want to look at it, it doesn't mean that they aren't a blessing. Like I said, your kids are your greatest blessing. And being that they are that big blessing in your life, you got to make sure you take care of them, love them unconditionally. And guide them in a way to make them successful in life. Also, if you're going to buy yourself some fly gear, make sure you buy them some of that fly shit too. You know what really grinds my gears? Y'all niggas grind my gears. It seems like every time a new brand becomes the newest fashion trend or a nigga start rapping about that shit, y'all niggas kill it. I think to my recollection, the number one public enemy was this shit was a few years ago with goddamn polo now polo polo is one of those brands that will always be relevant in a sense you know let's think about it you got the two button polo shirts i mean those are always going to be good work shirts um polo has long sleeve dress shirts so you're going to wear those to work in business functions as well and polo also has two to three piece suits so stuff like that will stay around forever just like Sean John's making a lot of money because their suits are high as fucking, people are still buying them. But anyways, what killed me though with this polo shit was when polo was popping amongst the urban millennial culture. Like when we got a hand on our, sh- when we got our hands on that shit, oh my God. Like it was ridiculous. Like niggas felt like they had to be polo everything. Like niggas would walk around with the, you know, polo hat, polo shirt polo white tee polo beater polo jeans polo boots polo socks polo draws like nicks would be sagging super hard just so they can try to show off the little fucking horses on their draws and shit polo robe polo slippers polo swimming trunks polo sheets i need that lauren in my sheets my nigga like <laughs> it was a big like what the fuck moment like niggas was just you know gucci man had a song polo like a nerd gucci repping nerds like, it was just like this big fucking thing like for this time period and and it was popping and people was wearing it and i get it but it, it was just a big what the fuck moment because of how us the urban culture When we take shit, we grab it, and we beat that shit down and run with it. But in those big what-the-fuck moments when all this shit is going on, there's always even a more what-the-fuck moment most of the time. Because you always have people who are trying too hard, and then there's always one who tries as hard as well, but that motherfucker ultimately fails. (laughs) People, like, turn into label whores. And I think people buy shit. Or think it's hot, only because it has a certain label on it. What really makes that thousand dollar t shirt hot, because it has two upside down G's on it? Nah, bro, that doesn't mean it's hot at all. I think what kills me even more is when people who try to super hard but try to be cheap. Let me tell y'all a Polo story. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. So this was about oh eight oh nine when the Polo Phenom, you know, took off and you know so. I was having a conversation with a friend and uh I don't know how we we was talking about everything, man. So, you know, chain of commands, you know, convos led to convo. So, you know, we, somehow we got on the subject of talking about, you know, your niggas getting some polo, whatever, whatever. So then he was talking about how, you know, he wanted to buy some polo and they had some on sale at Dillard's. So, you know, when he told me there was a Dillard's, you know, I'm thinking like, shit, they sell polo there. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But, you know, initially in the convo, I'm just like, listen, you know, um I'm kind of surprised because that shit ain't never on sale. Like the only way it's really on sale is like when you go to the outlets, and it's not really a sale at the outlets, that's just a standard price, and it's cheaper than Macy's because Macy's is really much the only place I knew that really sold it that was like, I guess you could say, which would be the cheapest place, which it really wasn't because they sold it by the price tag. And Macy's was high as a bitch. I mean, you paying eighty dollars for a shirt. So my main thing with him was just hey bro make sure it's the right kind before you go spend all your damn money on these polo shirts so fast forward a couple days pass and you know one day we were in my whip and uh you know he gets in and you know he comes in the car and he has his fucking dillard's bag so you know he goes he reaches in the dillard's bag and it's just like you know oh yeah nigga you know i got i got them polos from dillard's you know same you know the same ones as the ones from macy's you know and they was on sale you know he tried it in a little bit so, you know, for some reason, you know, I just, I just was quiet and say nothing. So I like looked and I just like, I was like, you know, let me think of myself. Like, Let me see this shit. So I looked at one of the polos right on the spot. And when I looked at it, for some reason, you know, I decided to look at the tag. So I looked at the one side of the tag and then I flipped it over. And then on the bottom of the tag, it had in small print, not affiliated with Polo Ralph Lauren. So, I see this, and I point it out, and I tell him, like, look, bro, not affiliated with Polo Ralph Lauren. (laughs) So, bro has this crazy look on his face, like, sorry as fuck, like, oh, oh, man, like. So, so then, the the Polos ended up being U.S. Polo Association. (laughs) 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 So... So, my other friend was with us, and he always likes the clown. So, you know, he started laughing, and he's like, You an assassinator. <laughs> so like just like that it was just it was so goddamn funny because i never heard of that shit before so then of course you know my friend who brought who bought the polos he's like oh oh shit well well i'm about to take these back but it was funny as shit because it's like nigga i tried to tell you these motherfuckers wasn't polo ralph lauren so from that day on (laughs) anytime we would see somebody in the u.s polo association or USPA, for the niggas who used to rock them big ass USPA designs on their shirt, that term assassinator, in regards to fake polo, was born, and what's so fucked up, is that even until this day, when I see somebody in the workplace, or even in the street, I still think to myself, oh USPA assassinator wearing ass nigga, (laughs) but, I don't know man, I guess my point of the story is just, don't be a label whore, like, champions making a fucking comeback like and i'm i'll be real i i think i used to have some champion sweats back in the day but i didn't really as an adult i never bought any until like a couple years ago like i've been grabbing champion hoodies and it cracked me up because you know there was a there was a meme and it was like was y'all niggas wearing champion when it was in walmart (laughs) and i thought that was funny because i'm like damn was i really wearing this shit or like like or was i just no like i don't know if i was like i said i think i might have had some sweat so i'm just like shit i don't know nah i mean we we probably were but you know who knows but (laughs) but nowadays it just seems like no brand is a new brand you know with the exception of sneakers you know you don't even have to buy expensive sneakers to be fly though like there's no reason for someone not to know how to dress because you don't have to buy polo You don't have to buy jerseys and fitted caps. You don't have to buy Nikes or Jordans. You don't have to be a label whore. Do you, but whatever you do, don't be an assassinator. Thank you for listening to the FMFU podcast, the podcast that's from me and for us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like and comment, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or Google Play. Also, make sure you get at me on my social media pages. I have a Facebook page, which you can search for, search for from me, for us, or you can leave it in a status at FMFU underscore podcast. Also, get at me on Twitter and Instagram at the same ad names. That's at FMFU underscore podcast. Remember, people always keep it a buck. Always keep it a thousand and perception is everything. I hope you have a nice day. Let's still, fuck y'all.